Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cooking with Positivity. I am your host, Zakia McCoy. And here at Cooking with Positivity, we like to focus on positivity leading to success, whether that be in your business, in your love life, or in your everyday decision making. I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with our positivity poem for the month. Be open to the fresh start and the space to create and build remarkable things in a positive space. Grab hold of your path of unlimited possibilities and phenomenal outcomes. Be the positive thought, creation, and energy you want, need, and would like to see. It is Tuesday. That means we're going to talk about everything going on in social media, entertainment business, as well as new shows and series season premieres coming on this week. When we come back, we're going to be joined by our lovely co-host and CWP family member, Kimberly Biggs. We here at Cooking with Positivity are huge on causes that help build up the community and the people in it. We have partnered with Lashbinder a brand created by celebrity makeup artist, Cassandra McGlure, who has created the world's quickest, easiest, and safest tool to apply strip lashes so easily a five-year-old can do it. With every tool sold, a patient who has lost their lashes due to chemotherapy will receive a free lash binder with the buy one, give one campaign. So stop by lashbinder.com and use the code cooking with positivity to receive $5 off and give the gift of beauty to a brave survivor today. Ladies, we never need a reason to fabify ourselves, but we do need the tools to do the job. A few extras here and there never hurt anyone. With lush mink lashes like angel wings and bundles and wigs worthy enough to grace every crown, Blessed Her Hair has just the tools you need to get the job done. Stop by blessedherhair.com and grab the tools to finish fabifying your look today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are joined by Kimberly. How are you? How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I'm knocking things off this goal list, achieving things, so I'm doing fantastic. Now, uh, we just going to jump right into it with our talk of the town. Now, one of the topics that's been going around about that I didn't even know about, but Kimberly, you told me Cardi B is trying to move to Nigeria. Yes, Cardi B wants to move to Nigeria because of the big, you know, what Donald Trump did trying to start a war. And see, he's only doing this, he's he's like a, a child. He's throwing a tantrum. Because he was impeached. And so it's that mentality. If I'm going down. You're all going down with me. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a wreck this place. Before I get out of here. Even more. Yes. Even more. 
even more. I agree with that. Um, but you're right. Trump is a bully, and it's not just he's a bully. It's his his, his self entitlement that gives me the like how the how dare you like you were put in the White House. You were given one of the most pristine honors of America. You became president. How he became president is still a little mind-boggling, but you became president. And even though you know a majority of America did not want you there, you're supposed to take that job and do your best, being that you got the position. Yes, that's true, though. But if we're going to talk about Trump and his politics, like he said, He's not a politician. He's a businessman. Yes, you have to run this country as a business for the financial part, but you have to know how to run a country. He does not know how to run a country at all. He's a racist, in my opinion. And he's out just for Trump. You can't bully another country, and he messed with the wrong country. Huh. Well, a lot of these countries are the wrong country. I've never seen in my life, and I'm I'm on the young side, but in my short life, I've never seen other countries angry at our president to the point where they're trying. They are at the point that they don't want to do trading, what we do. Canada? Do you ever hear anything about, you don't hear nothing about Canada. And Canada is our true neighbor. Yeah. He has destroyed all of our allies who have United States back. And regardless of what they say about Mexico, we receive a lot of our fruits and vegetables. And believe it or not, Mexico has a lot of oil, too. Oh, yeah, they Revelo, Revelo, Revelo gas station, that is owned by Mexico. A lot of people do not know that. And see, uh, that, that's where I hit the negative wall. But since we are talking about Canada and we are talking about moving, Cardi B is not the only person moving. Uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry or Henry. What is the prince name? Prince Harry. Prince Harry. And he's, he's not even the prince no more because they have removed themselves from the royal family. And they are moving to Canada. And I can understand that. Because as the years as everybody in the world has watched Prince Harry and, damn, I can't think of his brother's name, grow up that Harry always been his own man. He has done his thing as royalty, but he has really followed being his own man. To me... Since I love royalty, he never really fell under the category of doing what they're supposed to do as, as um, how they say it, um, the entity of the royalty with, with the queen. Right. But his, he, after his mother. To his point, too, after what happened to his mother and with her death and how the royal press treated her, 
I can understand why you would want to remove your family from that because they talked about Meghan Markle like a dog throughout her pregnancy and more. Like, but I believe it also had to do with that she was she is biracial. And see, I I I I feel I felt that, but then you have to look at history in itself because. His mother is not biracial, but they treated her like a dog, too. And it's that royal press that that's a whole nother ballgame. We think we have it bad here in America. But they treated Princess Diane because she did not follow the protocol of the, of the as they call it, the Institute of the Royalty. She followed her own beat. And just like any, regardless of you a prince or a princess, it was still a man and a woman. Right. And this man was cheating on his wife. And like I said, I respect that decision to remove the family. Now, it was said that the decision was not solely made or brought up by them. It was said that Oprah encouraged them to leave and and start their own brand and own power front. And Oprah denied it. She said she loves them both. She said that she's received um, a ton of backlash, and especially um, Meghan Markle's uh, family, her sister, her half-sister. Okay. She has said that... um, when they move back to Canada, she does not want to mend fences. And she said Meghan Markle has set her seat. Her, she said she set the cement in her position in the family. Because when she first got married and she exed them out of her life, she picked the royal family over her family. But now that things are too tough, she wants to cry and run back to Canada. Now, okay, so I take it as that's two sisters having a disagreement of what it's supposed to be. But what they were talking about, Megan's mother was there, but like Megan said, her father wasn't around. But the father was with the half-sister. And then all of a sudden, this is how I take it, this is this is just my opinion. Okay, like anybody else, girl, you get coming to some money. I'm your sister. Here I am. But where was you at before all this? Right. And, and I would be the same way, girl. You was not around before I met Harry. So why should you be around? Because I met some man who have a title as a prince. Because he was born with that title. He he, he was born a prince. And now all of a sudden we put the he he and each other face. This my sister. This my sister. Where is my sister at when I had my first first divorce? You wasn't around. My father wasn't around. So now why are you here? And see, I I would I would respect her sister more if she didn't do interviews. If she didn't go to the outlet every time something happened. And everybody is saying that she's still bitter that she wasn't invited to the wedding. 
but they had a fallout before she got married. So why? But that—that's her thing. She's saying, she's saying, we're still family. We're still sisters. Why weren't we invited to the wedding? We're still family. Okay. <laughs> well, let me. Okay, since we're talking about okay, now we're talking about family. Now, if you was to get married and you have a sister, what you do? You have what one, two, three, four, four sisters, mm-hmm. and you and you have several best friends. I want to pick the person that was there for me. Of course, they're supposed to say, yes, you're supposed to have one of your sisters in the in your wedding. Yes, the groom's supposed to have one of his best friends as his groomsman because that's his brother. But I don't, I don't, I personally don't agree with that. Just because you're my sister don't mean I'm supposed to make you my bridesmaid or my matron of honor. Have you been there for me? But I have a woman who is my best friend, who has ride and died with me, that I had cried on each other's shoulder, I could call it in the middle of the night, who have had my back and treat me as a sister. Right. That is my own sister. So my nature of honor, if she's married, would be my best friend in the world. My sister, which I do have one, would not be my nature of honor. She, I, I might put her as a bridesmaid, and my sister and I have had this conversation, and we have sat out when I was going to get married. Oh, you're a bride, you're a bride. I'm your sister, but you're honor, but you haven't been my sister. Well, see, okay. I'm not a good example of this because, you know, there's like a big age gap between myself and my sisters, all of my sisters, and one of them is not here, but they were all in my wedding. They were all a part of my wedding party. And I will say there was tons of side eyes and head nods and this, that, and the third when it came to my wedding. Because at the time, you know, we were in a transitional phase, right? But I still wanted my family to be a part of my day. I'm a very family-oriented person. Even if, even if you have a fallen out. Even if you have a fallen out. <laughs> I, I, I'm very famous already. I am too. And yes, I would like, of course, I want my family there to support me because they want to see me happy and I want them to be a part of my special day. But I don't have to make you my major of honor for you to support me. I don't have to make you a bridesmaid to support me just because you are my sister. Have you been a sister to me? No. The person who is riding with me, blood, family doesn't mean you have to be necessarily blood-related. Oh, definitely not. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because I definitely consider oh, right. my best friend my family. I consider my very close friends my family. Like, especially if we break bread and I'm in your life, on a consistent basis and vice versa. Yes, I consider us family. Speaking of best friends, I want to shout out my best friend, Heavenly. Today is her birthday. Very hey, happy birthday. Right. I know Heavenly. Yeah, I, have, <laughs> I, met, I met you and Heavenly. I know you and Heavenly are very, very best, best friends. I know that's your BFF. I have no problem with her being your BFF. You and Heavenly had ride and die together. So I can understand that Heavenly would be one of your top 
I can't, was Heavenly married at that time or no? She was married at the time. Okay, so I can understand that Heavenly would have been your major of honor because she had riding that with you to the end. I have seen that. And yes, I could see maybe, oh, that's, because it, it, it's conflict. I have heard conflicts when my own brother was getting married. Well, that's my sister. Look, 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 look. I'm not arguing with nobody really. I just sit <laughs> in the audience and enjoy myself because that's her day. And see, that's what my that's what my other friend did. She sat in the crowd. She was not a part of the wedding party, even though she was very helpful on the day. She actually helped do my makeup. She actually helped, you know, take my hair down. So it was very helpful on the day. And but it was not. It was, but like I said, me and Heavenly have been friends for ten plus years, and. My siblings have been my siblings all my life. So, and I knew going into, going into whatever wedding, whatever, whatever that day would be, I knew going in that I wanted my siblings there. The siblings that grew up in the house with me, because I do have a brother and a sister that did not grow up in the house with me. And I don't have that connection, which I am not happy about. But I knew that I wanted them to all be a part of my day. And my brother, the oldest of the boys on my mom's side, was supposed to walk me down the aisle. Because my father is not here. And so he was supposed to walk me down the aisle. But my mother said, well, you have an uncle here. And I know he would love to walk you down the aisle. And I didn't think about that. And there was there was complication and headbutton there. Because as a sibling, you feel like you are earned third place. <laughs> yeah, you are right. And as I said, since you talk about family, right. My thing is, I have two sons. I have three brothers. My mother passed away February 16, 2016. My father passed away February 22, 2017. A year apart, my mother and my father received their wings. Exactly a year and two months apart. But mm-hmm. in my mind, and in, for my wedding, I always said my two sons will walk me down the aisle. Period. And that's see, that's beautiful. And then I changed it around. <laughs> I, I did. I changed it around because my aunt, I call her, I don't call her auntie. I call her mumty because she has been like my mom. Right. She stepped in, she stepped up, and she has been my mom. Then who says it has to be traditional? Why come my mumty came with me down the aisle? She owned that. But she has been there true for me 100%. She has earned that spot. But she said, like, I'm just, and she has two sons, never had a daughter. She has a daughter-in-law. She was like, no, I want to sit in the first aisle and walk you, watch you walk down the aisle so I can cry. Uh, And so I said, okay, I'm going to go back to my original plan, which be my two sons. One walk halfway. 
my 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 youngest son will walk halfway down the aisle. My oldest son will walk to we will walk to the youngest son, and then we all three will walk to where the pastor and the man of my life, the man of my dreams, will be at. That's how I like it. Okay, well, it sounds like you have this all planned. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have it all vision out in my head. That's what I would like. Well, being that we're talking about life and marriage, I just recently found out that January is known as Divorce Month. Now, that it it was said that uh, January is known as Divorce Month, and a large part of that is because it's the new year, and a lot of people go, "Okay, I'm starting anew, I'm purging, I'm making a life a lot of life changes," and they feel like a start of a new relationship or breaking away from a relationship is the best way to start anew. Now, do you agree with that? To a point, why do you have to start a new year for you to get the negativity and the drama out your life? I started my new voyage in my life several months ago. Right. I mean, I did it for four years. Four years. We talked about getting married. We did this. We did the ring shopping. And then I was like, you know what? This is not working. Right. I, we, we talked about it, communication. And, um, if certain things at this point in my life is a requirement, one is communication. Right. We have to communicate. Um, we have to have a foundation. We want in, in any relationship, you want to have arguments and disagreements. And I feel like once you have an argument, disagreement, and you go your separate ways, but my thing is, you're going to come back to this table. We're going to talk about it. Yes. We're going to discuss it. And when we get up from this table, and like I tell everybody, the only person I know that ever rose the dead is Jesus. When we get up from this table, this conversation, this issue is dead. We're not bringing it back up. I hear that. And if we bring it back up, that means it wasn't resolved. Right. I'm not going to go back and forth five months from now. You're going to throw up. What, what, what? Throw me off guard. I thought we resolved that. And you still holding on to something? That was our issue. I I need a man in my life who knows how to communicate. Right. Who knows how to open up himself and express himself. Not in a, and everybody will get upset. You get mad, you raise your voice, you might burst, you might yell, you might scream. And all of us, I believe, have said things in an argument that after the argument was over, it was like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I know I was wrong for saying that because I, I have said that. Okay, I took that too far. I right. have done it. But I don't, I don't have that much pride, not just with a man, but if with anybody that I care about, I don't have that much pride if I'm having an argument with you, Zai. Zai, look, you know a girl, whatever. And then, ooh, I am woman enough that I can push that pride away because I care about you that much to come to you and say, hey, I was dead wrong for what I said to you. Right. You said it out of anger, and I was wrong, and I truly, you can say I apologize, but it's the way how you say I apologize. To me, it's not sincere. To me, it's, 
I'm sorry. Because people say, I apologize. But are you really, did you really take what you said to me into consideration? And see, that's why you need to have a conversation. I'm a true believer in having a full-blown conversation about what was said, how you said it, and how it affected me. If that's why I said I, I didn't want another person. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I apologize. Okay, are you really apologize just to dare this? Or are you really, did you really care about how it made me feel? I would say, yeah, I'm sorry. I was dead wrong for what I said. And I would say for you, because we are girls, Kim, this is what you said to me. This is how you made me feel. And I want you to listen. I'm not going to interrupt you because you've been open and honest enough and vulnerable to open up to trust. Because you have to trust me enough to open up to tell me how to feel. And I have to be open enough to listen and take heed to what you're telling me. Exactly. And that's where a lot of things get misconstrued. A lot of relationships, friendships, all of the above get destroyed because the communication is not open. And being that we're talking about disagreement, when we come back, we are going to talk about our battle for the month. Every Tuesday, we are going to have a battle. And now, it doesn't have to be a physical battle. It could be a battle of words, a battle for whatever is going on in social media and entertainment. That beef of the month, we're going to talk about it when we come back. Are you looking to expand your gift-giving ideas? Well, you should check out Tipsy Chicks. They have fun and stylish drink accessories and tipsy tags that will turn a mundane life into a party wherever you go. Whether you are going on a camping trip, you can bring your folding chairs and your easily accessible folding flask, or you can start the party while you're waiting in line to get into your favorite hotspot. Be sure to stop by Tipsy Chicks, that's T-I-P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-S dot com today and grab a gift that keeps on giving. We have just celebrated the new year, so that means Valentine's Day is not far off. Be one of the first to grab a Valentine's gift basket with everything set up for a perfect dinner for two. Stop by ZakiaMcCoy.com or head over to ZRZ Catering and grab your basket today. Welcome back, guys. Now, we have started a new segment here. On Talk About It Tuesday, and it is our battle of the month. Now, this month is very close to me because I've I've dealt with this issue a lot of my adult life, and is Jillian Michaels. Now, 
those of you who don't know Jillian Michaels, she is a trainer, fitness guru, etc. She was um, one of the coaches on The Biggest Loser. And she recently made some comments against a very popular and very talented, I might add, uh, Lizzo, who is a plus-size artist. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I know what side I'm supposed to be on, and I believe that's the side I am on, even though I do get certain things that Billy and Michael said. So we're going to get into it now. <clears throat> Jillian Michaels was on a morning show, and she was asked about some of the artists or things that her and her family listens to. And what she said was, oh, yeah, I love this artist, that artist, and I love Lizzo. And the host of the show said, yes, I love Lizzo, and she's so confident and so brave, and she's so she was just bigging her up. And then Jillian Michaels turned the interview into a dig at Lizzo. I'm going to say it was a dig because she said, yeah, but why are we celebrating her body? Why aren't we celebrating her music? Now, that would have been okay if we, if she would have just left it there. But she began to go on and say, we should celebrate her music because it's not going to be amazing if she dies from diabetes or whatever. And, okay, so, Kim, I want you to weigh in because I'm starting to get a little emotional again. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, Jillian's comments? Her comments, I feel like she used it as, you're right, it was a dig. I think it was a messy dig. It was a messy dig. It reminds me of the comedian Monique. When Monique was talking about, um, she met her husband, she kept saying, I'm big, beautiful, and I'm loving it, baby. But he said, I want you to be healthy. Right. You can be big and beautiful, but you need to be healthy. And you know me, I, you doing your detox, I'm working on my healthiness, I'm, I'm trying to get healthy, uh, everything I'm going, I'm not, I'm not a big meat eater, you know that, you know that, I don't like fish, but I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, but I really don't care for meat, but I'm really now into being really healthy. Because if you don't have good health, what, what type of quality of life are you living? And see, okay, this is this is what I agree with, right? Obesity is very huge issue in this country. Yes, it is. And it is a lot of the causes of death and illness in this country, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Nobody's disputing that. My issue lies where, for one, you weren't asked specifically about Lizzo's body. You chose to attack that woman. And now we are women. We attack each other 
more than men. It, it's it's crazy to me how men can be like, oh, that guy's ripped. I need to, you know, talk to him and get in the gym, this, this that, and a third. Guys don't just jump out and assume that because a guy's overweight, like, he has health issues. Now, if we put if we put guys in this same situation, you know the conversation would have been different. True. But see, guys, women, this how I look at it. Me, I can look at another woman and say, there you go, she's really pretty. Oh, she got a banger body. I'm not sexually attracted to her, but women, we can give another woman a compliment without being sexual. Period. I mean, they might say, damn, his cut look tight. But it's still a compliment, but they don't look at it as he complimented another man. But it's a compliment. But see, that that was one of my issues with the comment. Because you came at another woman. About her body image. How she looks. And that's, that's, that shaming as well. You know, uh, suicide is one of the highest, uh, causes of death in this country as well. Yes. And a lot of it comes from social media being attacked and not understanding how to navigate around that, being depressed and not being able to express that, not being happy in your own skin, or a ton of other things, right? So you attack somebody about their image, about who they are as a person in this world, you're attacking them. Like, it's not, you're not standing up and being an advocate for healthier living and cleaner living because it's not like you know Lizzo. Because I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm plus size. But most of those health issues that she named, I don't have any of them. Right? So you can definitely be plus size and be healthy. And that's where people get me so screwed around. Like, you think because I'm plus size, I'm automatically unhealthy. No. Because I've seen people who are way, way smaller than me and have all kinds of health issues. Gout, diabetes, like all kinds of health issues. Right? Yes. But nobody is looking at them when they go out into the world and saying, "Oh, you're unhealthy. Oh, this is a problem. Oh, like you're you're attack you're not attacking that person. Why? Because you assume that because they're slim, they don't have health issues. They don't have things they need to work on. They don't have things they need to worry about. And that's that's a big problem. And people say, "Oh, well." Fat shaming is a way to get you to lose the weight. You don't know everybody's situation. Genetics play a huge part in that. You don't know if her mom is plus size or her aunt. So you don't know that woman's history. So that's another issue I had with this topic. It's like, why are you attacking this person? She attacked her. And she made it about her size, and she completely dismissed what she accomplished as a artist. That's what I have an issue with. She dismissed what she accomplished as an artist, and she just focused on her body image. 
That's what I did not like. And see, I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you, right? Being a plus-size woman, I know I'm plus-size. I know when I go out into the world, I know what size I am. I don't need you to tell me. Oh, you big. Oh, you need to. No, I don't need you to do that. Right? Because I know I live with me. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I don't need you to tell me. I, I, I know this. I know this. And I know, what I, and I know what I need to work on. And you don't, again, you don't know what that person is doing. She doesn't know if Lizzo's on a diet. She doesn't know if Lizzo's eating health. Like, she doesn't know what that woman does on a daily basis. Right? And then it's the, you know, the fans, they came to, you know, their person's defense. You know, there were people saying that Lizzo does cardio and all of that. And we we see it, right? We see her on stage. She's on stage for like an hour, two hours, and she's moving. And she's sweating. And if you are trying to lose weight, you know sweat is a major part. Listen. When you sweat, that's supposed to be a good thing. And that girl sweat. And then it's the, you don't know her family history, right? So she, she very may well have one of these health issues that you mentioned, but that may possibly be from her genetics. You don't know that. And then if you are really a fan of mine, instead of trying to get clout for your, you know, to get people to come to your page and see what you got going on, because that's what I feel this was, I feel like you should have talked to her. If you if you say you're a fan of mine or you love me or you want to support me, this, that, and third, you come have a conversation with me. You don't go on TV and blast me for whatever reason you felt because she wasn't asked specifically about her weight. She was asked about her as an artist, as another person in the entertainment industry. And I feel like Lizzo is so popular. She was an easy target. She was a very easy target at the moment. And I believe Jillian Michaels has books or whatever out right now. And so she needed that to boost her interview. Because I honestly don't think as many people would have been watching. Because she's not on The Biggest Loser again, like I said. And when you are attacking someone because of their physical... That's just like you're attacking someone because they got a big nose. You don't know why they got a big nose, but that's who that person is. And you're tearing down someone. She's an inspiration to a lot of people. Yes, she is. And by you attacking her, you're tearing down that girl that's in class and she sees Lizzo on stage and she's like, oh, I can do that too. Now you're trying to tear her down because she's not going to want to do that. She's going to be like, oh, my God. If Lizzo is getting all of this attacking, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. 
and you're killing dreams. People don't think. And especially if you're a skinny person, I honestly don't want you to tell me about being plus size. Because you don't know. And unless you were plus size and got skinny again, I don't I don't honestly want you to tell me nothing about about that. Because you have not walked the day in my shoes, so you don't know. You're right. I can never tell you how you feel being a plus size woman. I'm not no, I'm not a plus size woman and I'm not no skinny chick either. I'm not. <laughs> But I cannot tell you how you feel being a plus size woman. Um, I have plenty of plus size woman woman friends and male friends. You know, if you out to eat, girl, she said I mean and you know, you I feel them being uncomfortable. So right. if you know me and you know they eating, then you got that one person staring and looking at you and I'm that type of person. Can I help you over here? I help you. <laughs> Why are you looking? That's me. I'm not skinny, skinny. I'm not. A, I'm not a plus size woman. Um, I, I I wear a size ten. Um, but I feel like I want I want to be more healthy than I want to tone up. I want to be healthy so I could be here. I don't want to develop diabetes. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have none of that, but just because I'm not a plus size woman, that's what I mean I cannot. You can't get those things. Yeah. And see, that's that, okay, that's my issue, right? Because I'm plus size, I'm not considered healthy. Now, I do know the risk equated with, you know, the obesity and extra pounds on me. I do get that. So I'm always working on my health. My vitals are phenomenal. When I go to the doctor, which is on a daily basis because I'm up on my health, I don't have heart disease, diabetes, any of those things. And that's, right. that's a good thing. And that's what we both decided when we were talking about this in 2019, we're going to both work on our healthy eating. And, but see, I've always been healthy. I've just I'm smaller now than I was two years ago. I was in a size twelve, and my thing was I was so busy focusing on I'm lose two pounds, I'm gonna lose three pounds, I'm gonna do this, oh, I'm gonna get into that size eight again. But when I stopped that, and I really started just not. So fixated on, I gotta get down to this one particular size. I right. gotta weigh one thirty. I gotta weigh one thirty. I gotta wear a size eight. When I stop, and, it, and it seemed like whatever I did, I had a weight trainer. I paid a trainer. I went to the gym. I didn't lose nothing. But once I got out that mindset and I just started exercising and eating right and healthy, the weight came off. And see, that's my thing, right? When you are concerning yourself with your body size, right? I was. There are so many things. I want a size 8. And then when I got down to a size 8, to me, I I didn't look healthy. 
Because, yes, I lost the weight. I lost the weight. I don't have a big fat face, but I lost the weight in my face. I lost the weight. Then I had people say, Kim, are you okay? Are you sick? Uh, do, I, do I look sick? <laughs> and see, that's my thing. It's not only about the weight. It's not only about the weight. That's why. Oh, I can see you look. You lost weight. I look at it. Then it was, are you sick? No, I'm not sick. So I was like, you know what? I like the size that I am. I don't look sick. I don't look. And you're happy. Look, you're happy with yourself. I'm happy now. You're happy in your skin. I'm happy within my skin. I'm not trying to make sure I can get into a size six or eight. I'm not working on that. I just want to eat healthy, be healthy. For I could be here for myself, enjoy my golden years, as they say, when I reach to that point. Right. And I want to be here for my for my granddaughter and my children. I want to enjoy, as they say, my life. You work all your life, all your life. You don't stop working because you're a mother, a father. You go to work. You work nonstop. Right. I want to get to that point, as they say. I am retired, and now I am doing, as I said, what's the man's song? Living my best life? Yes. Living my best <laughs> life, traveling the world, doing my bucket list, and I want to be healthy. I could retire and be sick as I don't know what, can't get out of bed because I'm not healthy. And see, that's the thing. That's why my detox is not about just losing weight, right? Because being healthy is about all three components of your life. It's your physical, your mental, and your emotional. Yes. And that's why when I was on these diets and I was trying to lose weight because everybody kept telling me, oh, you need to lose weight. You need to be this size and you need to do this and you need to do that. I was sick. I was doing more damage. You know, I've been hospitalized for like four different diets. Because I was not emotionally where I needed to be, and I was not mentally where I needed to be. Emotionally, I was hating myself, and I don't use that word at all in any aspect of my life. But emotionally, I was hating myself because I allowed outside entities to tell me how to feel about me. Right? And that's one of the biggest problems we have in this world. If we see somebody who's confident and happy in their skin, we have to find a way to tear them down. That's true. And that is why I, I, my granddaughter and I, I have talks with her. I tell her all the time, she's pretty. Um, not to make her conceited. Yeah, no, you have to hear that. Because when you hear it at home, when you go into the world, can't nobody tell you you ugly. And can't nobody tell me I'm ugly. Not only that, but my first thing I tell her all the time is, you smart. Yes. You are smart. And we do our little, we do our little, uh, you, you smart, you can. Yes, you are smart. You are kind. But I also teach her that she has a good heart. And I don't want her to focus on, oh, I have to have my 
my face made caked on with makeup for somebody to make me look like I'm pretty. No, you are you're a gorgeous girl. I you know makeup on, no makeup on. When she's ten years old, she don't need no makeup on and <laughs> she don't wear makeup and we not having that yet. But um she oh, can't when I'm gonna be everywhere lip <laughs> she got her little her little dollar store lip gloss. Well grandma, I wanna wear lipstick. No, 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 no. You are you are pretty just the way you are. You are smart, you are on honor roll, and that's what we need to focus on. You are I don't want I wanna instill that she has that self esteem because I don't want some little boy telling her about her self esteem. And that brings us back to what I was saying. When we instill this in them when they go out into the world, can't nobody tell them how to feel about themselves because they are happy and in love with the person who they are. Right? Now, I had someone tell me that I'm overly confident. And it it threw me for a loop for a second because I was like, what? How can you love yourself too much? Because I'll tell you in a heartbeat, I'm a listen, when I walk in the room, I feel like all eyes on me. Not because, oh, I'm the big person in the room. No, because I'm that bitch. Listen. And I'll tell you in a heartbeat. And it's because of my self-esteem. And I love the skin that I'm in. And for you to try to attack me, you have to not be happy with yourself. You need to go away and figure out what it is in your life or in your spirit that has you attacking me. That, that is true. To understand, like, just my- wait, not just wait. Um, think of, of the famous, famous people that we lost to suicide. You brought up suicide earlier. Yes. Anthony Warden. Oh, I love his show. I love me from Anthony Warden. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was tipsy all the time drinking. But did nobody know some of his close friends that he was a heroin addict, that he nope. suffered from severe depression, that he was in and out of counseling, but he still committed suicide. Um, and that's who, the thing. Who's the other famous actor? I can't think of a famous actor who committed suicide. Who did Mark and Mindy? Um, uh, it's going to come to me while, right. while I'm thinking about it. Depression. And, her, and when, I, when they committed suicide, well, millions of people commit suicide a day. But when you have people who's on TV and people who falls in love with, that's one thing that irritates me. They are hu- they are human. Yes. Their job is what they do. Yes, they might have millions, but they still human. But so why do they suicide is more important than the lady down the street who commits suicide? Because she don't have no money. They both suffer from severe depression, both had drug problems, but they they still commit suicide. And it was just so funny that we had this talk today at work. Kim, what do you want most in this life? I want to have peace and joy. Right. Don't you want money? Yeah, I want money. Money can give me, yeah. 
But I realized that, that they, that the old two saying, money can't buy you happiness. Money can buy you the things that you want at the moment. But yeah. Does more, that, but does money give you a lifetime of happiness? That's what I'm looking for. To me, joy is so deep that it surpasses, yeah, I, I want to make sure I can pay my bills. Yes, I want to say to treat myself without me. And I do that. Okay, I do want to treat myself, but I know I need to pay this bill. So, yes, I, I would like to have be more financially stable. Who don't? Of course. Of course. And if you guys are uh, listening and you want to know, learn about some financial tips and uh, about your credit and things, we are interviewing a special guest tomorrow that's going to talk about just that. So make sure you guys tune in. Now, when we come back, we are going to move on because this was a hot, hot, hot topic, hot talk of the town, and ooh, it's getting heated. I'm, I'm, I feel myself getting a little bit emotional. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to finish our uh, talk of the town segment with the new TV shows that's coming out this week. Are you looking to save on travel plans? Stop by www.umustsee.net backslash backslash Z-U-U-0-H-N and let Ms. Cheryl Leakes be your travel savings ambassador by providing you with a personal list of links to save you big on your travel. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Well, I have. I have dreamed of starting my own podcast for so long. And I felt it would be a great way to showcase my business as a caterer and a writer. And promote my business. And one of my favorite people suggested Anchor to me. And I tried Anchor and I loved it. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. If you want your podcast heard on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are heard, then Anchor is right for you. So if you want to live your dream, create your own podcast with easy and great tools, such as background and description and distributing your podcast on multiple platforms, go to anchor.fm slash start and start living your dream of your podcast today. Welcome back, guys. Now, um, one of the things that we like to talk about is TV. Now, Kim, you have tried, you and a couple of other people have tried to get me back into the show of Family or Fiance. Can you tell our to those who don't watch what Family or Fiance is about? Family and Fiance is about a couple coming together and they want the approval of them getting married from both sides of the family. And both sides of the family might approve and or disapprove of this couple getting married 
and they come to the couch and they explain to them why they should not or they should get married. Now, Saturday was the first episode of the new season that I did watch, and that was heated. And that was the first time that in all the shows that I watched, not one family member on each side approved of this couple getting married. See, and okay, so that that there's this is my story for um, <laughs> trying to watch Family or Fiance, right? Because the first ever episode that I watched, I watched this man's mother talk about this lady like a dog. She called her all kind of wrong, said she wasn't good enough for her son. Is that a third? Now, I know there's a majority of women in the world with sons who feel like, oh, nobody's going to be good enough for my son. Then that means your son's going to be alone for the rest of his life because you're not going to be here forever. And you're not going to give him no babies, so you ain't going to have no grandbabies with that attitude. That's one. Two, his mother became ill, Right? And so she couldn't live at home by herself. And the woman that was her son's fiance, she was the one making the money. She was the breadwinner. He was living in her house. And they wanted her to, um, they wanted his mother to live with their brother, his brother and his wife, and her, his wife, because, you know, she talked about this lady like a dog. And okay. she I, ended I, I up, she that. ended up staying, she ended up staying in, in their house because the, the married couple, that wife was like, no, she not staying here. You can help out financially, you know, you can go, you can help pay for, you know, the nurse that needs to come on a daily, but she's not staying here. And, and you know what? I, I would, I would, that would be me. But, and you, but would, you see, but you see, like, it was, it was too much, it was too much negativity for me to sit back and, and watch. And that, and that is right, because I, this is how I feel. <laughs> Every woman, I don't care if you're married or you're single, you are the queen of your home. Right. And no other woman will come in, not your mother, not your grandmama, not your sister, and tell me how to run my household. And number one, you're not going to come to my house and disrespect me because I'm not going to go to your house and disrespect you. And then you expect for this woman who has belittled me, talked about me like a dog, and exactly. I want to open up my house to her. No, that's your mother. You do everything that you need to do for your mother over there. But she can't come in my house after she disrespects me, belittled me, tore me down, and now I want to welcome her in my home with open arms. Then I, I don't think him and I would get married. Because I do not want him to make a choice. It's me or your mother. My mother died of stage four lung cancer. I wouldn't want that with nobody. I don't. Oh, okay, it's me or your mother. No, I'm not doing that. That's like saying it's me or your children. I'm not doing that. 
You need to go take care of your mother over there. So if you need to be over there, then you need to go. But you see, you know the funny thing, like the irony, because when they say karma comes back around, the the brother, his wife said no, but this was the the daughter-in-law that she said was the best daughter-in-law in the world and she loves this daughter-in-law. She said, no, you can't come stay in my house. So she ended up staying in their house. Okay, shoot. Because all the thing we're saying is watching an hour. We really don't know exactly all that went on with this family. The no, family. and that, that is true. That is true. But like I said, that she prayed so much, said no. Well, it's really going on. This lady had to do some stuff that that that, that nobody want to take her. Well, see, all I, all I, all I seen, and I said I I tried. I watched. I tried. I watched two episodes. But all I seen, she kept saying is she's not good enough for my son. She's not good enough for my son. And in my mind, right. If this woman is taking care of the household financially, your son, her son was out of work. She, she's the one who paid for her hospital bills. And she but still says she's not good enough. She still says she's not good enough. And that, that enough to take care of her hospital bills. Take care of her, she took care of her hospital bills as well as take care of her son because he was out of work. At the time when they take the show or whatever, he's been out of work. Okay, was he out of work because he was taking care of his mother? Was no, 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 no. This was before his mom got sick. She got sick, like, during the taping of the show or whatever. And this oh, entered you know, into, yeah. See, here we go again. It's family. It's, it's family. Do you pick family? Because it's obligated. Family laws. You your family. You supposed to always be there for your family. But to me, when you gonna break off? Like I told my two sons, I taught you to be an eagle. I taught you how to survive. Now it's time for me to let you go. And you gonna spread them eagles and you fly, <laughs> like my man said his song. Fly them, fly your wings like that eagle. Oh, if there oh. is a problem. That you lost your job, not because you couldn't. If you lost your job because they downcast or whatever the case may be, I have no problem with you coming back home and getting yourself together. But don't think you coming back home to stay. Mm-hmm. That's to get back out there and fly. And see, they didn't, they didn't elaborate as to why he wasn't working. They just made it clear that his fiance was the breadwinner. And he's not working. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, one of the things his mother got mad at was like, oh, she want my son to be Susie Homemaker. He a man. And I was like, well, you know, if we, well, listen, we are in this new millennium, right? Where household roles are not gender specific. No, no, we're not. I I work with a couple of nurses who are the breadwinner, I'm sorry, breadwinner, and their husband is at home because daycare is expensive. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so if she makes more money as a registered nurse than more than he is, like my coworker told me, it was more feasible for him to quit his job and stay home while she worked because daycare, she said, with two kids was over $1,000 a month. That's half of their income to, to run the household. Right. And even small toddlers. That's, it, it, and I know how, how much is daycare? Golly. That's my whole check. So I can understand that. And you're right. Now, women, it's more power. Women are making more money than some men are making. And it's not like back in the day where the woman stayed home where the man went out there at work, but she had to stay home and take care of the kids. The or the household in general. It just, right. I mean, all the roles are reversing. There's just a lot of women out here are losing custody of their children, and men are stepping up and being men and taking care of their children and have custody of their children. Everything has changed. There's a time when you didn't hear that men had custody of their children. Now you hear men are granting custody of their children. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation in itself. Yeah, we that's another day. That's another Tuesday. Hot topic on Tuesday. <laughs> but what and her family's biggest concern, the reason why they didn't want her to marry him, was because, because of him not standing up to his mother. They wanted her to be with somebody that would protect her and be her man, and they felt like he was not doing that. And I, I got, I got it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got that because. If this is the, well, I can understand how they feel. Number one, we are in her home. Yes. That's number one. And you are disrespecting the woman who's taking care of both of us. And he's not saying anything. I can understand that. No, you need somebody who's got a backbone and say, look, mom, you're not going to be disrespecting my wife-to-be while she is taking care. Number one, she's taking care of us. But, no, that's not number one. Number one, you're not going to disrespect the woman that I love. Yeah. Number one, you're not going to disrespect the man that I love. And then it's the rest of them. You want to disrespect somebody who's taking care of you? Are you serious? See, that's me. Are you You ain't get out of here with that. You're not doing that. And that that's where, okay, I had large issues with the show. That's why I stopped watching. For one, I felt like it was too negative. Cause that was just one. That was just one episode. No, no, no. I, I, I tried. I gave it two times. I gave it two tries. I watched the um, the following week's uh, episode, and it was just a whole lot of the same thing, except for I think um, the female her her family they were too overbearing. They were always in their like they were in their relationship. It was him, her, and then her family. In the relationship. Okay, we talking. We, we going right back to, to, to Prince Harry and Prince Charles and Prince Diane. That's what <laughs> Prince Diane said. The queen was too much in their dad's relationship. And, that, and that's where, that's where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't, I can't watch this because it was negative, negatively affecting me. When I finished watching it, I didn't feel, because I watched, let me tell you, I watched some, some, some what ratchet TV. I am very guilty. I definitely do. But I don't leave that. I don't stop watching those shows and feel like, oh my God, 
like, oh, like, oh my, like, I felt, I felt, I felt it. And I think one of the reasons why, because some of the issues, I even know somebody who went through it or I went through it myself. So I get it. And then that's why, that's one of the reasons why I don't watch, uh, what is them shows like Bridezilla and things like that. I tried. I gave them, I gave them a fair shot, but I definitely, um, cannot watch them for too long because I, I leave feeling, ugh, I don't, I don't feel relaxed like watching TV should do. I feel a little heavier. That's true. I, I, I did, I did for the first couple of seasons, I did watch Bridezilla. And I don't know what happened. I just tapered off of that. I stopped watching it because it was a competition. And to me, they was making more of the wedding than it was good in a life with, um, with the person who you're getting ready to love. And I found myself, when I tell you when I was engaged, I found myself doing that. I found myself so wrapped up building this fantasy wedding in my head that it wasn't really about him no more. It was about this wedding I'm trying to plan. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then he was like, oh, and then the guest list was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. He was like, when the last time you seen that person? I'm like, mm. 10 years ago, oh, scratch that one off the list. I'm like, what? Scratch, no, that, you haven't seen that person in 10 years? They don't need to come. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was making it more of, 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 of a show. Right. And, and as we sat down, as we did the marriage counseling with the pastor, and he's like, "Okay, Kim, you want you want everything? You want everything? I want this. I want my I want my. It was from called Midnight Purple Passion because you know purple is my color. Purple <laughs> this, purple that. He's like, okay. So he asked, you ask him what he want? He's like, I stopped I, I stopped telling her because she don't listen to me. I was making it all about this big wedding." And then he like, what is, you know what, that bill is going higher, higher, higher. We could buy a house, what you talking about. Right. Okay, I have a house, you have a house, and we talked about selling and buying one house. He was like, yeah, but what you talking about, we could sell both our houses and buy two more. And see, that bill was getting up there. How much your person I had? $1,500. I'm not feeding nobody $15 they get some chicken <laughs> and keep moving. And I did, I made it all about the wedding. And you know the craziest thing, like after the wedding, it's just y'all too. Right now, what? <laughs> now what? Because the wedding is over. That's just a day. And but I then I can't then after that that conversation with the pastor, I came to realize, oh, I'm still gonna have my midnight, midnight passion wedding, but it's just gonna be on a smaller scale. Because you're right. Because he said you always talk about Christmas. Oh. I'm not spending all this money and buying all these gifts for these people because January, we still got to live and pay bills. So it's the same thing. It's one day. I want you have your special day. Did you know what's funny? You got to live tomorrow. (laughs) You're right. right. You know what's funny? Uh, Because I'm I'm a big holiday person. But uh, I had a similar conversation with Lisa. And we were talking about uh, birthdays and holidays. Now, Lisa does not necessarily celebrate holidays like she doesn't celebrate christmas for real she used to tell her kids 
you know, after the new year, she used to give them, what, I think she said $500 and let them go shopping and get whatever whatever they wanted. But she didn't put an emphasis on Christmas. And when the new year came, her kids, they got, they got all of the stuff that everybody struggled to get throughout the holidays and tried to make sure it was under the tree and made sure Santa brought all of the stuff for the kitties. And then when New Year's come, half that stuff, they don't even play with. They don't look at. They don't give it a second thought. You know about that? And then the new stuff came out <laughs> in the new year. So it doesn't even, like, by the time you get it, it's already old. So I understand. I understand what you come from too. I have. I understand, Lisa. I have been there. I have done that, and I told you, I, 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 I stopped. My granddaughter's birthday is three days after Christmas. Yes. Um. No. Did we? Did we have a birthday party? No. Yes. Did she turn ten? Yes. Um. That she ten. I was like, and. Everybody, you're not giving her no party? No. Why? She just turned 10. And I tell you this. And I know my granddaughter. She, she got, she had her cake. She got her LOL doll or OMG doll, whatever it was. It is My son and her mother took her out to her favorite restaurant. Then I did my thing with her, which was, Leah, what you wanted to do? Oh, she loved Chinese, um, Chinese food. Not really. She just loved the chicken from the Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. We ate our Chinese chicken. We did our little thing and went out. And she was happier than the Jaybird. <laughs> um, her like she she wanted a birthday party, and then she like changed her mind because I'm giving her options now. Okay, Leo, you can have a birthday party, and we're gonna do this, this, and this, and this. But you're not having a birthday party and you added on 15 more things for your birthday. That's not happening. And see, that I do that. I do, I I've been doing that since my kids were, no, I'm not saying I give them options. I've been doing that since my kids were little. Now, Royal, she planned her, uh, fourth, fourth year old birthday party. She planned it. All I had to do was make sure everything was executed. She wrote out her little list. She wrote out her menu. She wrote out what she wanted to do. She wanted to have a summer party. That was her first ever summer party. She wanted watermelon juice. And she she had a very sophisticated menu for a four-year-old. And she wanted to have a fashion show and door backpacks and things like that. I executed. Right? But when she turned five, I said to her, okay, we're not having another slumber party because we just did that. One. Two, it was horrendous for me. I did not enjoy it. Even though it was her day, I was like, I don't want to do this again for a couple of years. And then, you know, she was into different things. She wanted to go. She she was trying to get on a horse since she was little. But her birthday is in the wintertime. So, horses are not an option because we live in Virginia. Yes, they are. <laughs> you know, I, your daughter and my granddaughter's birthday are, what, 10 days apart? 
Yes, there is. You go up the street, up in the country. They, they got several horse places in Powhatan. Kings but it's County. cold. The horses don't come out, and they're not out in the cold. They cannot um, be out in the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they let them outside to still eat their grass. It's a working right across right Powhatan Country, Powhatan County, that's open up all year round where people can go ride horses. Now, my granddaughter had her first big major birthday party when she was five because that was the year we found out that my mother had cancer, mm-hmm. um, and that was a mile, that was a milestone because she just started Christmas, um, school, kindergarten. She just found out that my mother had um, lung cancer, so we did do a big birthday party. Now, six, seven, eight, nine, and she just turned 10, that's not no milestone. Then there's a milestone, but go ahead. Now, what I found out, what I have noticed, not just with with, with birthday parties, it's supposed to be a child birthday party, but it's so many adults there more than kids. Okay. It's supposed to be a kid's party. A kid's party. Why did you got beer? Why did you got liquor? And why people in the backyard smoking weed? Why are you in the backyard smoking blocks? Why you got the beer and the liquor? This is supposed to be a kids' party. If it's a kids' party, I want my daughter, well, and my children when young too, it's supposed to be a kids' party. Usually kids' parties turn into adult parties. I don't care for that. That's just me. Well, I, my party, I, I know I'm getting hating on because I know a lot of people who do it. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm always big on. I just don't. Okay, I thought this was a kid's party. Why you got so many adults? Why you got liquor? Why you got to be here? Kids, I'm not going to jail because y'all walking up in here and, and everybody drinking beer and liquor. Where the kids at? It's a kid's oh. party. Now, if we're going to do a kid's party, do a kid's party. If the kid's party is over and all the kids are gone, and you want to jam and get your party and your drink on, that's fine. But let me get up out of here with my granddaughter before you start that. <laughs> well, see, I've always been big on the event is for the eventy, And if it's your birthday, then there will be no adult activities going on because it's not, it's not my birthday. And that's one of the reasons why I don't have joint birthday parties with my daughter who is two days from me. Well, our birthdays are two days apart, but I don't have joint parties with her because we're a different age bracket. And she can't party like I want to party when it's my birthday. So we don't do that. Now we may go out to dinner, maybe on the 16th, you know, that in-between day. But that, you can do. You can, you can reverse that. Yes, you can. You can have a big party. There's a lot of people, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm not a big drinker drinker. I'm a food. If I do drink, it's occasionally, and if I drink, I'm a foodie drinker. I have to have more fruit or 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 uh, what you call it. I need a fruity, fruity drink. I don't want to taste the liquor. That's the, you're you're a wine wine connoisseur. You're a wine person. Red wine gives me a headache. I like I like a little bit of white wine, but red wine gives me. I like champagne. But I, I, I'm just not a big drinker. I don't like to taste some liquor. But I would strawberry daiquiri. I like, I like anything that's very fruity. I can drink. But um, yes, you can. You can still have a party with yep. with your sister. You, you can have your you 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 can you can fit you that that could be worked out. Nope. 
Nope. Zaya tried to come on my birthday, right? Contraction started 3 a.m. She tried to come on my birthday. I went in the bathroom. I had the conversation. Give mommy today. You can come any other day. Just give mommy today. Because I believe your birthday should be about your birth. You right. Your right. life. That's how we get our flowers while we're here. So when I hear people say, oh, yeah, but it's just another day. It's just, no, it's not. It's another day that you're here. Celebrate that. Because we could be somewhere celebrating something else. That's true. But then, you know, you're right. Some people do say, I hear like that. It's your birthday. It doesn't really mean nothing to me. Oh, you woke up this morning and I woke up yesterday morning too. And I understand that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I opened up my eyes. But somebody just did not open up their eyes. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I wasn't really big on my birthday either. Because my focus is on, I, I love Christmas. I absolutely love Christmas. You name it, the house was decorated. The biggest tree, all the ornaments from the day after Thanksgiving. Um, to the to the eighth or ninth of January, my Christmas tree was up, and it took forever taking it down. And then I was doing the real trees. It takes you to the summer, but you still find little pine sticks all up in the carpet months later, regardless of how much you vacuum. And then as my children got older, I think I was doing it more for for me, but that's what I was enjoying, and I was just putting them in there. They oh, don't care about them daggone trees. They trust just me. What was under the tree. Trust me. Um, Zaya has been trying to take the tree down for a while now. <laughs> so I it's get it. You know what? I ain't going to say that. That's my brother, uh, who's a deacon, and my sister, who's a minister. Uh, they have, They tree has been up for eight years. She doesn't take the tree down. Oh, wow. They tree stay up all year round. She might change the, the bulbs and stuff on it, and, but um, I asked them, why y'all never took the tree down? My brother said, I work two jobs. She wanted me to take the tree down. I told her I was tired. She took it down. The tree been up ever since. Oh, <laughs> no. But see, I have, I have taken the tree down. I, I do. I normally take it down, like, right after the new year. But one year, I was going through, like, my depression. And I was, like, I was able to pull myself out of the bed, to decorate the tree, get it up. And it lifted my spirit some. So I wanted to keep it up. Now, where I, where I live at, though, where I live at, they, they was like, you got to take that down. And I was like, why? It didn't hurt okay, me. Well, <laughs> I understand that because, like I said, my mom passed in 2016 in February. So next month will be four years. Um, this past Thanksgiving, 2019, and this past Christmas of 2019 is the first time that I cooked or did anything for the holidays. I could not. I could not. My mom passed. I did not want to sell it. I did not. And besides, like I told you, um, I was used to have, I, I'm used to 
it was so you know when my mom was here the last Christmas before she passed, yeah, I was, we knew that it was getting close. So I did a really big thing. But when my mom passed, I didn't have that that Christmas spirit in me to do Christmas. Because I just didn't have it up until this this 2019. And it's like, you cook? Yeah. You did the whole thing, excuse thing? Oh, you know I can burn when I want to burn and I burn. And they're like, well, I forgot you know how to cook. You haven't cooked in so long. <laughs> yeah, I can cook. <laughs> and you and know. I do the same thing. So you slowly, know that. I'm, I'm getting back into it. Slowly, I'm getting back into it. But I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm not putting, I, I got a roof on my door with some lights on it. But I'm not doing the big thing like I used to do. And besides, I have, um, my children are grown men. One has one child, one don't have any children. And um, that's why I was telling you, just trying to express to you earlier. I had a house full of people, and then you cannot wait till they leave. Then you like, oh, I'm suffering from engine syndrome. Then I got, then I, then I realized, hey, I like this. <laughs> I, I, I like I don't have a thousand because I have two sons. I like I don't got a thousand boys running in and out of my house. I, I like the fact that, hey, mom, they call me mom. Hey, mom, hey, it's me, and y'all all in my refrigerator. Oh, I like this. I, I found out peace, and I love peace. I, I, it is, I, did, I did go through the internet syndrome. I did go through it. But once I got over that, I told you, girl, I didn't think I would like um, living in a house by myself. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> and I, listen, now one I of like the... I like that I don't find the wrong home and cook a personal meal. If I don't want to eat, I don't have to eat. If I want to stop and give me something to eat, I stop and give me something to eat. I like it. <laughs> well, one of the things that I love about some of the shows that's coming back, they deal with all of the topics that we just talked about. Holidays, empty nest syndrome, illnesses as you get older, and et cetera. And one of the shows that's coming back is This Is Us. They're coming back tonight. They're coming back tonight. They're coming back. And I'm excited because that's one of my favorite shows. I love that family. They listen. And they go through it, boy. Woo. They deal with so many different adversities. And it's like as soon as they get up, something else happens. And I'm a big believer in perseverance. And if we could do it together, that's even better. And the different okay. type of family dynamics that come with This Is Us, if you're not watching, I recommend this show for real. You need to watch. Okay, okay. I'm going to try to, like I told you, you know, I love my documentaries. I love documentaries. Uh, I'm a documentary fanatic. Um, I love my Netflix. <laughs> and I got hooked on Asian drama. 
Oh, well. Watch an Asian drama show. Girl, you are missing it. Yeah, I might have people like, but it's subtitles. The subtitles is not that daggone long. It's one of those things. And these drama shows from um, from Seoul, Korea, it's off the chain. I be glued to the TV. My granddaughter could be talking to me out here. Let's what she say. Well, see, I, one of the things, man, I, I, I love it. I, I don't it. get I, into the Korean dramas. I, between my mother and Erin, they have been trying to get me into them. But I'm not. very good. Listen, it's once they cross over, once it's they cross good. over, come to America, I'll, I'll get it soon. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I, I tried, but I can't do it. But another show that's coming back, a new show, is New Amsterdam. Now, I don't know if you watch that, but the main character, he lost his, he lost his wife during childbirth. So now, and he's a doctor. So we're watching him navigate. You were talking about, you know, fathers having custody of their children. We're watching him navigate through having a demanding job, losing his spouse, raising his child. And, you know, a lot of men who deal with that, they have resentment towards the child because some of them feel like you took my wife from me. Is this what the show about? Does he have resentment towards That's the child? One, he, has, he doesn't have resentment, but I know of a lot of different storylines where the males who are you know this. You know, like certain scenes in certain movies where they'll tell you we can only save one or the other, and yeah. the man is willing to make the sacrifice, sacrifice the child, but not lose the woman. Yes, yes, yes. That that he wasn't given that option. Spoiler alert! I'm sorry if you have not watched the show or if you have not caught up. With last season, season is coming out tonight. New season is coming out tonight, so I'm sorry if you have not. But he wasn't given that option. Okay, well, one show that I do watch in season two starts tonight is Manifest. I like Manifest. Okay. Manifest is a, yeah, Manifest is a show that um they 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 got on the airplane and they disappeared. And see, I see. I said, okay. Here's my thing, because I seen the I seen the advertisement for it when it first came out. You know, when they were, you know, promoting it and things. And I said, this sounds like so many other shows, like the Rapture and the Disappeared and the Lost One. Like it sounds like those shows. It's just an airplane, instead of like. Uh, being lifted from their house and disappear, like it sounds like the same premise. And I try not to watch shows with the same premise too much. Why? What's the difference between Chicago PD and the other PD? Do you watch Law and Order? I love Law and Order. I think that I love Law. I love Law and Order. And see, that's what I was about to say. Law and Order has so many different types of Law and Order. 
Listen. I know law and order SUV, criminal intent, and the original law and order. Yeah, that's something. So there's so many different types of law and order. So that's not a good comparison. But to answer your question, manifest. Okay, it reminds you of people. Okay, they got adopted. Okay, but it's a smart one woman detective. She can what human? What is it? Um, she get she get a sense of something getting ready to a person. Okay. And she's a detective, and um, her brother also was on a plane, and that's when they disappeared. So she get a pre, pre what you call it? Pre, um, she can see the or she can see the future, but she can tell something getting ready happen. I like manifest. I look. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it. The premise of the show reminded me of too many other shows. So I said I'm not going to get in. Okay, and as we go do that, we can talk about. I love my ratchet show. Every love of hip hop is every. It's like another love of hip hop. Got love of hip hop for L.A. Love of hip hop for New York. Let's see. Okay. All right. So this is what I'm going to say. Right. I don't watch those shows because of the premise or the dynamics. I watch the shows because of who's in it. Right. I watch the shows because of the names attached to the shows. Because it's a reality show. I want to learn about what goes on in the celebrities' lives that I follow. When it's a, when it's a scripted show, listen, they, prob- they, they more than likely do. But for me, if I'm watching a scripted show, I don't want it to be just like the other one that I watched, if that makes sense. Because, like, you, you brought up Chicago PD, right? How is that different from any other cop show? It's a big difference because, for one, they have crossovers, and they actually cross over into Law and Order SVU, but they have crossovers. Now, I watch Chicago PD, but I don't watch, like, Chicago Fire. I like Chicago Fire. I don't watch, I don't, I don't watch Chicago Fire, and I don't, I don't watch Chicago Med on a daily basis, but I love Chicago PD. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. Like, I love Grey's Anatomy. But I don't watch the spinoff. So I miss, like, some storylines. What is it? Fire 22 or House 22? Yes. I think I don't watch that. And it's not to say that I don't like, you know, shows about um, the the ambulance and the fire, the rescue team, because I love 911. Okay. Well, I have. I mean, well, a lot, a lot of our co-workers say to me, "You don't watch the Has and Has Not." No, I don't. I do not like that show. Which show? You don't like the Has and Has Not. Has Not. Have okay. See, the Have and Have Not. I could not get into that. I could not get into that because the first year they could not ask for nothing. Oh, uh, now I met from from. Um, being over somebody's house, they was watching it, and I said, ooh, they got a little bit better. I still don't like it, though. <laughs> I <don't> like <laughs> See, it. I love, I love Tyler Perry. I love House of Pain. I love, love Thy Neighbor. Okay, Tyler Perry, new, new show, the, 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 um, the, the Oval. No, no, no. No. I couldn't get into Oval. I couldn't get into Oval. I tried. It came out with so much drama, I had to re, I had to record it and rewind it like five times. I was like, <laughs> 
What the hell did I miss? I mean, how did they get here? I had to re- w- watch the first beginning of the first show five times because it was like, okay, what happened? What happened? What happened? You know, it was like too much going on in the first episode. And see, that is how the new show, uh, Lincoln Rhymes Hunt for the Bone Collector, started off. It was so, so much action going on. And it was only the first episode. Now, no, this is how the over is. This so much happened in the first episode. I had to rewind it five times. What? What? He, what? All right. Now, in the hunt for the bone collector, there's a uh, there's a detective, and he's like paralyzed. I don't know if it's permanent. I don't know what leading up to his paralyzation, but it opens on the detective in the bed. Playing video games, you know, through a visit. What is it? The um, virtual, virtual uh, thing or whatever. And he has created this technology to where he can uh, follow a active officer around, and she can help him investigate the case that put him on his back. And in this first episode, people get kidnapped. People almost get killed by trains. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It's okay, that doesn't ask me of how to get away with murder. Let's see, and no, that how to get away with murder. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different genres, like different types of shows within the genre, like scandals. The Oval puts me in the mindset of scandal. Yeah. With the have and the have not. Yeah. So I couldn't get into it. God, I love me some scandal. Listen, I was all up into scandal. But well, I felt... I didn't you I did not watch scandal. And see, that's what I'm saying. I, I watched avidly. I was, I was an avid viewer. And I, I feel like I'm gonna be that way for the hunt, the hunt for the bone collector, because it got it got you intrigued in episode one, and it comes on uh, Monday nights. So if okay. you have not watched, make sure you go back and try to catch the first episode because they rolling. Whew. It's so much happening in episode one, just like you said, the Oval. And I did catch uh, the first episode of the Oval, and yeah, it was a lot going on. And I was like, maybe it's too much going on for me. But I do love Sisters, Tyler Perry's other show that came out. That that show is phenomenal. And it shows a great level of uh, sisterhood and womanhood and, you know, the different dynamics and relationships. They're not sisters. But they're sisters. Okay. They're sisters in arms. They're sisters in life. They're sisters in, you know, whatever emotional. Just like we were just talking about friends, ride or die, all of that. That show has it all. Okay. Men, relationships, and some more. And speaking of men and relationships, there's another interesting show that has just come out. It's called Flirty Dancing. Now, I found this show very interesting. You know, I love to dance. 
I love me a good groove. And if I can find a man that dance but can keep up with me dance-wise, now he ain't got to be out there trying to pop it and all of that with me, but <laughs> you got to be able to keep up at least. And this show, it brings the dating to a different light because the first time you meet your date, you guys are doing a choreographed dance together. And that's the only indication that you get to test your compatibility and see if you want to go on a official date with this person or not. Okay, I understand that. I understand that because, you know, I get it, but I don't get it. Because <laughs> I, I do, I get the concept of it, but then I don't get it because you would dance with anybody and a dance is not personal unless you make it personal. No, no, listen, no. That's how I feel. It is scientifically proven that seventy-eight percent of your interaction with the person of interest is physical, is body language, and dance encompasses okay, all of that. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's true. But you know, if you go out and somebody say, "Hey, you would like to dance," you might go out there and dance with that person, and that person might. Dance. But that don't mean that I'm compatible with him because he can dance and I dance and we can I dance on, on the floor. But when I go sit back down, okay, he was okay, but I'm not interested in him. And see, that, but that's the thing, right? It takes the physical attraction, like your first meeting, and ramps it up. I don't want that. Listen, listen. I, I found it very interesting because if some if ninety 99% of the time, if you can move out on the dance floor, you can move in other places. No, you know time, that. Not all the time, no. Like, I, there's that 1% chance, oh, for sure. Okay, another hot topic Tuesday. That is, <laughs> hot, that is a myth. It's not a myth. It is not. That's a myth that they say, tall me. Man with big feet, man with big hands. That's a myth. No, 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 no. See, that that part, no, no. I don't believe that. That's why I say that's another topic too. <laughs> because a dance, dance, a dance is not personal unless you make it personal. And just because me and you got on our floor and we did that thing, that don't mean um, I'm, me and you are compatible in any other, in any other way. Well, I find it very... I find it very interesting. I find it better than uh, speed dating. Okay, but I, but we talked about speed dating. Uh, I think I'd rather speed date than going on front dance with somebody. And see, that's where we differ because I feel like if it's our first introduction, we're not talking about oh dating this person for a lifetime. We're not talking about that. We're talking about our initial meeting. Anybody could tell you anything about themselves. Okay, but if we think about it, if we think about it, when you go out with somebody, and I'm talking about, I don't care what race, color, green, purple, blue, everybody do the same thing. You go out with somebody, you're doing an initial interview. You're interviewing a person. And that's why I thought this was a very interesting way to meet someone and decide if you want to go out on a date with them. And you know what? I might like to say you dance, and I say, hey, 
that Saturday night where you gonna be at? Let's go out dancing. And I like to be with that person because that person can dance. I I do what what somebody told me, an elder told me. Dance like nobody is watching and sing like nobody is listening. Exactly. I can do a thousand dances on one song. I can sing and I can sing some songs. Some songs I can I cannot sing and carry a tune, but you can't tell me I'm not on tune because I'm singing my heart out. And that's how that's my personality. And I feel like, right? When okay, when you go speed dating. And don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing speed dating. I love me some speed dating. Give me a good old speed date, a little drink mixer. I'm all there. But when you go on a speed date, you have a very limited amount of time to try to get to know something about the person across from you. And so, like 88% of the time, they're being honest. But for the rest of the percent, they're telling you, no, listen, listen, I, I, girl, I've been in there. I've been. I <laughs> so where do you differ at on this subject? Because it's, it's still like, a, it's, okay, it's still the same thing. The person is just dancing and you sitting there across from the person. How, okay, let me ask you a question. When they do this dance, how many minutes is it? It's, it's normally like, it could be like a three-minute song or five-minute song. It just depends on okay. the prayer. It's the same thing as the speed date. Man, you can dance together, but sit down, you might be, ooh, somebody's wrong. Ooh. But see, okay. that's what, but that's the thing. That's the thing. You are dancing with this person to see if you're physically compatible and see if you want to go on an initial date. And I think I'm a bit biased because I've met people like this before. Like, I've gone in the clubs and I've danced with a guy for, I want to say, two songs, three songs. We exchange phone numbers. We go out. And that's how we get to know each other. Right. And then you did your initial interview. I call it an interview. Because you're sitting there asking each other questions. What do you like? What you don't like? What you looking for? I'm telling you what I'm looking for. It's an interview. All right, she passed the first interview. I might go on a second date out date with him. Or the interview, it could be, hey, I like this person. He's chill. He's funny. I like him. I can see him as a friend, but I can't see it go no further. And see, that, but that's my thing. Like with the difference, I had fun. I had fun dancing with these people. Right? I love today. And that's what I'm saying. So, meeting like that was very refreshing as opposed to my speed dating attempt. Okay. Well, you know what? If they have that come to where we live at, I'm going to give it a try just for you. I, I Look, I would love to see you on there. Look, I might try on myself. Listen, <laughs> now our question of the week is, do you prefer speed dating or would you try flirty dancing? And right. I just answered it. No, 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 no. You can't answer it. We, we are, we've made our stance. 
so you cannot ask me. Okay, we go to the question out there, the question of the week, which is the first movie dancing or speed dating. Now, if you prefer speed dating, thumbs up for Kim. If you prefer flirty dancing, thumbs up for Zai. And that's just how I'm gonna post it to. So when you see the <laughs> when you see the post, guys, two thumbs up. Oh my god! So when you see the post, make sure you respond accordingly. Now when we come back, we're gonna be going our over our CWP Book Club Book of the Month. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, guys. Now, uh, Kim and I have met. In the Phenomenal Women's Book Club, because we are both avid readers, and just because that book club has come to a halt does not mean we have stopped reading. And I created the uh, CWP, Cooking on Positivity, book club, because we love to read, and we know most of y'all love to read, and we want to talk and discuss. Welcome to Wakana, the crown jewel of CBD, providing you with relief from crown to toe with a vast array of products from power gummies, water solubles, body cream, and even lube. Or maybe you want to be educated in the world of CBD. You can enroll in Wakana University and become a Wakanapreneur in no time. Don't wait. Hop on over to ID dot wakana dot com and become submerged in a life of CBD today. About good books. So our book club book for this month is Patron on Ice by David Weaver. Now I have completed my uh, two and a half chapters. I think I'm on chapter four. Because, like I said, I'm an avid reader. Kim, have you started reading? And if you have, how far are you into the book? I'm on chapter one because I just finished downloading it. Okay. So if you are following along, if you are a part of this uh, book club, please just join us. Leave us a voice message. Let us know what you enjoy reading. And now, Kim... What was the first book you read that made you fall in love with reading? The first book I read was Malcolm in New York, and the first book I read was Teachers. The second book I ever read that was not required because I had to read it for school was um, Forever by Judy Bloom. Okay. Now, the book that got me to urban, urban fiction was, of course, Sister Soldier, The Coldest Winter. Oh. That's my number one favorite. <laughs> I think that's a whole lot of people's number one favorite. I, um, I myself, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the other end of that. Because I've read, I've read all of, I've read Soldier Sister, I've read, um, well, Sister Soldier, The Coldest Winter. Yeah. And then I tried to read the sequel, Midnight. I did not. I did not care for that. No, I did not either. But I tried. You know, I'm all for the support 
And yes, I support. I support. <laughs> I mean, being an author myself, I I definitely make sure I support the hustle and the grind of my fellow authors. But for me, the book that that got me hooked on reading, because you know I've read like books for school and things like that. But when I was fifteen. I picked up one of my mother's books, and it just happened to be A Shame on It All by Zane. Now, if you've ever read this book, you know, it's it's a whole lot of craziness, and it's a whole lot, of, but it's about these three sisters who lost their, fam, their their parents when they were young, so all they had was each other. And at first, when I started reading it, it reminded me of uh, Deliver Us from Ibra, that movie with uh, Gabrielle Union and LL Cool J. And I was like, oh, Lord. But when I say I got so invested in this book and how together they were and how they stuck up for each other through thick and thin, oh, my God, I was on a roller coaster of emotions. I was cheering. I was laughing. I was crying. It is a great book, and I recommend that to anybody. If you want to get your teens into reading, now it's an adult, it's adult fiction novel. You heard me say it's by Zane, but it's not so raunchy to the point where your teens can't read it. They see worse on YouTube. Let me say, let me say something. They see, they see worse on YouTube. I'm just saying. So if you ever want to get Jersey into reading and they don't want to read the young adult books, even though I've read some great young adult books, I still do. If the, if it interests me, I'll read it. I'm not, I don't care if it's a young adult. I don't care if it's a adult. I don't care if it's a documentary, whatever. Listen, autobiography, whatever. I will read it if it intrigues me. And that book set me on the path to reading. I wanted to read everything that I came into contact with. And I fell in love. And my writing got so much better. I understood English and history even more. It got me into so many different avenues of creating and thinking differently. Because reading definitely fills the soul, and it definitely feeds the mind. It's a job. And yes, we did meet at the book club. But I feel like our relationship, as our friendship developed more positively outside of the book club, on a different level. Yeah. Um, But, um, like Saturday, um, we went to the library. I read another book. Uh, I told my granddaughter to go to the car and get my book. And she asked me, Mama, how many books have you read? So I have a list, a book, or a composition book. I have read over 485 books. I'm about there. I want to say I'm about... Because what I do is I go to the library at the beginning of the month and I'll check out 
at least 15 to 30 books. And I'll read those books throughout the month. Now, some of them may be, you know, urban fiction. Some of them may be biographies. Some of them may be, they're all different types of books and different types of genres, different types of authors. Yeah, I might read with a fiction, an urban fiction, a nonfiction, and a Christian book. TDJ writes some excellent books. Yes, yes. Dollar writes some excellent Christian books. I, I even read Christian books. Uh, it's a lot of Christian novels that I really like. We write just Christian books. I love them also. So I, when I got when I was writing down the name of this book, I had to look in my composition book. I was like, "Oh, this is part two. I've been looking for it." So it was the reason why I kept going back to that book because I picked the book up, I put it back. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking, I kept looking, and I picked it up, and I put it back. And I was like, why does this book keep hitting me? And then when I, so I said, let me just get the book. So I just got it. So when I got home later that night, I was like, oh, this is part two that I complete. I was been looking for for a while. Yes. So it's like, well, you read all those books? I said, these are the books I started keeping track of, but it could be a little bit more. I'm not sure. She's like, oh. And she went on out the room. I like, you want me, you want me, and I'm trying to get her to read. Not only am I starting to get her to read, I'm also, I got her for Christmas a journal. Because I want her to start journaling her day. Oh, journal yeah. We big on journaling here. Um, I, like I tell everybody, uh, journaling will definitely help you. If not just with your emotions and you know, dialing back or winding down from your day definitely will help you organize your thoughts and your creative journey. Yes. And that's what she said to me when she's 10, but sometimes she she talks like she's 20. Go on. Uh, I've been writing in my journal like you told me, but ain't that a diary? And I had to think about it. I'm like, yeah. It can be. That's a diary. It is. It can be. Okay. So the, here's the difference between a journal and a diary, right? A diary is supposed to be private, right? You don't want to share your diary entries, but you may be willing to share your journal entries. I myself am in a journaling class where we have certain journal prompts that we have to do. We set our goals. And we come back and we share if we achieve that goal, if we achieve the, you know, prompt that was given to us within the class, et cetera. But I wouldn't do that with my personal diary because that's nobody's business. Listen, that was just for me to vent or get whatever I wanted to put down there and then put her up because we don't do that. And that's the, that's the difference. They call the same thing a lot of the times, but journals are more like like if you see, if somebody reads it, you're not going to be as upset as if somebody's reading your diary because your diary is more like your private personal thoughts. True, and I ha- I have both. I have a journal, and I have a diary. And in my journal, I may write more about my business or, you know, my, you know, uh, 
organization, you know, trying to get things done for the podcast and how successful I was that day. But in my diary, I, I dive into the emotional aspect of what I may have been feeling. And when I lost my father, because I, de- I dealt with a lot of loss in my life from a very young age. So being able to channel that, because I can't always write a poem. And I'm not always working on a book that fits my life. So I needed somewhere else to release and just be able to write out some emotions and take some of that burden off of me. And I was gifted a diary. I don't know who gave it to me. I'm sorry, but I was gifted a diary on my birthday one year. And when I lost my father, it fell out of the box. Like it was kismet. It was a pink fluffy book. And you know, pink, that's my jam. I love me some pink. I'm pink and glittery and all of that fun stuff. And I seen the diary and it was one of those days where I just felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about what I was feeling, but I knew I needed to get the emotions out. And it didn't say journal on it. It said diary and it had the little lock and the little key. And I just picked it up because it fell. So I had to pick it up. I was journaling with a, yeah, but I picked it up and I felt something and I just started writing and I just started writing. And one of the things that my mom was concerned about on the day of my father's funeral or leading up to is that I hadn't cried. Now, when I found out it was, it was not, it wasn't clicking all the way. It wasn't real to me because for one, we were in Virginia. He was in New York and I had just spoken to him. I want to say, matter of fact, the day before. And we were planning Thanksgiving. I was going to go up there for Thanksgiving. And when my mother came and broke the news, I was saying to myself, oh, what did he do now? Because she said, your father's, your father's dead. He's gone. But she didn't say it like that. She she just rushed it out. And so I'm thinking, okay, what did he do? You going to kill him? What he did now? Type situation. So when she broke it down and she broke down, my brain and my emotions didn't click. I knew I had to console my mother at the time because she lost the love of her life. So for me, when I go, when I go through certain things, I always put other people's feelings in account. Right. And Losing my father, like I said, I spoke to him the day before. So it wasn't reality to me. And going up to New York and, you know, seeing my family and everybody's crying and stuff like that, I was like, okay, I can't break down right now. For one, I can't break down right now 
because I know my mother needs me. My mother was a mess. That was her high school sweetheart, her first love, her everything, even to the day he died. Okay, so let me ask you this. Right. When did you start grieving the loss of your father? The day, the day I picked up that diary. The day I picked up that diary and started writing. And I was able to, because it wasn't a poem. So I knew it wasn't going to be something that others can hear because I did write a poem for his funeral. And that's something I do when I lose someone or someone I know loses someone. I will write the poem for the obituary. It's just something I do. It helps me cope and it helps the other, other person cope. But for... Whatever reason, that didn't that didn't really do it for me. You know, I had to, and like I said, I wasn't working on a book, so I didn't have anywhere else to channel. You know, that energy, and so I didn't have any other outlets. And then the day I found that diary, well, it found me. I was able to get out all of my thoughts, emotions, what I was feeling that day, what I was feeling traveling up to New York to get to the funeral, what I felt about the people who handled my father's arrangements and how they handled myself and my brother and my sister. After the fact, like, I I was able to write all of that out. Okay. There were things that I could not say to my mother because I know what hurt her. There were things I could not say to the mothers of my siblings because I know what hurt them. And I was able to get all of that out in this diary. And I cried at the funeral, but again, I was dealing with a whole lot of dynamics at my father's funeral, and I referred to it as the circus because it was a whole lot of acts going on. It was a whole lot of acts going on, and I'll leave that there because, yeah. (laughs) So I could not, I could not, and I had to be there for my siblings because I'm the oldest on both sides of the spectrum, on my mom's side and my father's side. So I had to be there for them. And then there was a whole lot of shenanigans going on. Okay, my question to you is, because you felt like you had to be there for for them, who was there for you? Mom, like I said, my mother, my mother did her best. But at the end of the day, she lost someone too. So True. we could not both be okay. This is how I feel about grief or when you're grieving, right? You're not the only person who's lost someone, right? Everybody else has a connection, a tether, a special story or whatever it is with that person. That's true. Right? So if you're all grieving all at once, Nobody can really be there for anybody. 
right? But I did, I did, um, go into counseling later on in life. And it was a personal decision because I felt like one person cannot suffer all this loss and be the backbone for everybody else and still be standing. Even though I'm still standing, look, I'm here every day. But I wanted to be a better me. Because we all find our ways to grieve and cope. And mine was writing. Okay. I took to that pen like nobody's business. But when I couldn't write anymore. And I couldn't find a way to release that energy. Because I was no longer in drama class. So I didn't have the scenes. And I was like, I'm cooking way too much. And stuff is not coming out 100% because my heart is not in it. Because I'm cooking to distract myself from my grief. That's when you have to, you know, take a step back and readjust and understand what's going on and what you need for yourself at the time. Yes, you do. And at the time, because I was 15. So, like I said, I've taken on a lot in a very in my very early years of childhood. So, when you ask me, when did I grieve? I'm still grieving every day because I suffered more loss since then. And it's like... I grieve, I grieve by myself. Well, like I said, next year, next month, it's coming up on my mother's fourth anniversary of her going home. Right. And you're right, because I was my mother's medical proxy. And it took a long time for me to grieve. And I bottled that up because I still had um, taking care of people, making arrangements, doing this, doing that, running here, running there, trying to get everything straight. So it took me a while before I was able to start really grieving the loss of my mother. It took maybe two and a half years before I even went into that closet of hers before I start, as you say, Moving things around. Okay, this 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 gotta go. Why, why are you in that closet? You know that's go in my closet. Mm-hmm. Which to me that was still going in my closet. But I had right. to start slowly moving things out that closet. Right. And then then somebody told me, "Are you doing any justice for your mother? But not doing anything, holding it in. Would your mother would want you to be like this? No." No. Go find out. If you got to run down the street, screaming down the street, do it. If you got to scream at the top of your lungs in your car, in your bed, in your house, do it. And yeah. that's when I start doing it. And now I can talk about my mother's passion, what I've been cheering up. I can talk about my mother's anniversary of her, her, and I, and you just, and you know that that I just lost somebody last Saturday. I know. Mean everything to me. 
you were there when I got the news. Um, I did not have to, you see me. I was in shock. I was little. I was, I was crying one minute. The next minute, I was arguing. I was all over the place. Right. Um, then, and I had my granddaughter. I did not want her to see me break down. But when I got by myself, that Sunday, I couldn't even go to bed. But once I cried, and I had to remember what he brought to me in my life, and my thing is now, what I live for, what I, what I, my joy. Yes. Because everybody going to go through it. Everybody in this life going to have it. The day you are born, a dash, and the day you depart this world. What have you done with that dash? That dash is your life. Right. And just how to look at it. That dash is your whole life what you have done. And what his dash, he did extraordinary things in his life. And it finally hit me then. What do I want my dash to say about me? Right. If that dash is who you are, then look at the day you were born and the day you, the day you went home. Okay. What does that, that space, that dash is what you have done in your life. And I want my children, my grandchildren, I want myself when I get to that point that I can say, damn, I accomplished what I want to accomplish. Right. I achieved what I wanted to achieve. I did my bucket list. I traveled. I live my best life. Right. And that's what I'm working on. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, right? Because positivity has been such an integral part in my life, right? Because even going through that, at, at my father's funeral, I saw all the negativity. I saw all the people trying to draw away from the reason why we were there that day. We were there to celebrate his life here on earth and we were there to send him home. Yes. If you came for any other reason, you were not supposed to be there because that is negativity that you brought to a place where we're supposed to be sending him off peacefully. But. And that's going back to the question that we asked a little while ago. What do we want to do different or what are we doing different because we talk about health? And I said, I started a couple of months ago, negativity. If you're not going to bring positivity in my life, if we cannot uplift each other, if you're going to bring drama, regardless of how long I have known you, I have to remove you out my life. And see, I have to commend myself because I've always been that way. Even when people were telling me, oh, you just throw people away. Oh, you're wrong. No, it's not throwing people away. But you have to be mature enough and in tune enough with yourself to know that if you continue with this toxic relationship, whether it be a friendship, boyfriend, husband, whatever, 
you're not going to be good. You're right. And I had a hard time, regardless, even when it came to my brothers, my sisters, it was hard for me to tell them no. And inside, I wanted to say, hell no. But I'm like, all right, I do it just to please them. But you know what I learned? It's, it's okay to say no. Yeah, no. it's definitely okay to say no. No, you didn't even let me say It's still no. <laughs> and that's okay. But what and I want to ask you is to say that, it's, oh, I finally learned to say that, it's okay to say no and not feel guilty about it. Hey, Kitty, they call me Kitty or Queenie, you know. Hey, Queenie, can you know? Girl, she didn't know I'm going to ask you. The answer's still no. <laughs> and that's okay. And what I want to know, my brother, hey, can you, can, can you keep the kids up on Saturday night? Even though I'm like, mm, I hear fans. Okay. And now I'm like, can, can you know? <laughs> And now what I know is, look, it's okay. What I have planned is what I have planned. If I plan on taking a shower, getting in this bed, eating some popcorn, and watching my TV show, my Asian drama, if that's my plan, that's my plan for the night. The answer is no. And what and the I, listeners, no, what the listeners should know, it is okay to create boundaries now, in order I'm to. Okay, to say no. And I don't say nasty or even nasty talk. <laughs> yeah, say you no, <laughs> no. And no. it's okay to create boundaries and protect your positive space. That's right. Positive. I'm in my pace. I'm having some chem time. And when I first started it, they was like, what? What's going on? Nothing. You okay? I'm good. So what is it? It's just no. And you had, I had to, it, it took a while because I was so, Kim, can you, okay, 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 okay. And then when I saw like, no, no, they were like, what's wrong with you? You okay? I'm fine. But it's no. And I have no problem with saying no now. Kim, can you, no. <laughs> Kim, do you have, I don't got it. I don't have it for you, brother. I'm sorry, I don't got it. And so I, I, feel, I feel I can see the positivity of my life moving towards the way I want it to go, and I'm positive about that. I'm positive that I want people in my life that we going what we going what we bring it to each other. Right. Positivity. Uh, one thing that I told you from the beginning, one thing that I did not and I have never done was get into a person relationship or a person's marriage. You could call me all hours of the day at night, and you can think, but I have never been one of those women, and I have never done it. Girl, it couldn't be me in a in a relationship. Right. Now, he just talked about some girl. I went down to the shop. I was there for three hours in the bar. I was, girl, I was at the beauty salon for four hours. I could say this. Girl, it couldn't be me. I would go. But in a relationship, Regardless that me and you might be at point A, how I got to point A and how you got to point A was a different walk. How you gonna walk away from point A and how I walk away from point A is gonna be a different walk. But you won't walk it the way it's best for your life. Right. I'm gonna walk the way I'm gonna walk away from from my life. But I have a lot of people I talk to. Girl, is that me? I will tell him. Tell him what. And did I have, did I have girls that come out? So I told her what she said, and he, I, I, I should have listened to you. What did I say to you? You didn't say nothing. You just listened. That's how I want it to be. 
That is a topic for a whole nother day. That's a topic for a But that's good. But I, I want to end this segment with words save my life. Okay. Words save my life. And I'm going to break that down. Okay. Like I told you, I found the diary that day. And writing has always been my outlet, but it became the need for me. I needed it. And when I put things down on a page, it could be in my phone, it could be with a pen, it could be whatever, however I'm getting it out. If I get it down and I can read it back, those are emotions and thoughts that I'm not taking into this world. And that's another way I'm able to stay positive in my everyday walk of life. And okay. I, I became an avid reader because words help enhance my creative process. It helped get me to understand certain things. It helped me help my kids. It helped me, you know, relate better with my mother. Like, it helped me in all aspects of life. Okay. I like that. When I live by and I walk it, you know, from New, we both from New York, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Right. But when I live by and I walk it, as they say, my word is bond, my words are, my past does not define of who I am today. I know that. My past is not today. That's why I walk. All right. And we're going to leave it there. When we come back, I'm going to leave you guys with a positive note. Hey, Cooking with Positivity family. Be sure to tune in on Thursday where we take it back. We'll break down some of our favorite old school jams, the artists who made them huge, and what they mean to us. With some fun along the ride. Be sure to join us right here on Cooking with Positivity. Are you loving what you're hearing and want to hear more? Be sure to check out this amazing, inspiring, and up-and-coming artist and songwriter, Jay Queen. She can be found on Beat Chain, Facebook, and YouTube. Are you guys enjoying this episode and want to be a part of the show? Be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, share, and follow us on all social media platforms that involve cooking with positivity. We can be found on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and YouTube under Zykea McCoy. Also on Facebook at Zykea McCoy Inc. Cooking with Positivity, the podcast page as well as Cooking With Positivity listeners and guest connection group. And 
ZykeiaMcCoy.com. So make sure you join this positive movement. We would love to hear your story. Welcome back, guys. I want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys are keeping up with the book of the month, Patrona Ice by David Weaver. We will be discussing more next week. And I want to leave you guys with this positive note. Don't let others remove your positive energy from your spirit. I want to say that again. Don't let others remove your positive energy from your spirit. All right. And I hope you guys tune in tomorrow for our host chat.